FM 102.9, 105.9, AM 1310 on your smart speaker. News Talk KZRG, Peter Thiel. Steve Scott. And Ted Bohorquez. He's one of the few elite defense attorneys. If I ever was accused of a crime, I'd call first. He is a man who's been on the legal team of El Chapo, represented John Gotti Jr., the rapper of the game, and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Lickman. Good morning, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great that you took time out to be with us. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, apparently likely, Alvin Bragg is going to go out and indict Donald Trump. Uh, Do you look at this as prosecutorial misconduct? You know, I don't know that I'd call it prosecutorial misconduct because if there is enough evidence that a grand jury could vote to indict someone, I mean, theoretically, it's it's legal uh, until the motion is made to dismiss it and it's granted. So I suppose I don't consider it to be prosecutorial misconduct. I think that there is prosecutorial discretion that should have been exercised, and there is no way that any sane person can think this is a good idea. This is a very minor charge as it is. And, and this is a guy who was just president recently. The idea that we're now indicting uh, the head of the opposition party that's not in power in America, we're starting to borderline a banana republic. And I don't think that's good for America at all. No one can think that. And this opens up the thing that we look at Bill Clinton's finances, Barack Obama's finances, and how much of a, pro, a quid pro quo were there after these guys left office? Well, not only that, look what's going on with Joe Biden right now and his son. Um, A a single subpoena went out. Finally, the Republicans have decided to wake up and investigate Hunter Biden's ties to China. And if any of the money flowed to Joe Biden, if he was uh, uh, peddling his influence while he was vice president, and millions of dollars uh, have already been shown to have gone to the Biden family, including uh, Joe Biden's uh, daughter-in-law, the widow of his son. I mean, what was she doing for a Chinese company you know, that was owned by the, you know, the country? It makes no sense. So that we're starting to investigate, but we're going to bother Donald Trump with regard to some money that he paid some bimbos, apparently, to keep their mouths shut. It's just beyond belief that this is what the country's come to. But look, you know, the country's become much more radical. Um, it's become much more divisive. You've got district attorneys whose sole purpose are... Uh, to push their, you know, a woke agenda and to harm Republicans. And if you if you get them in place, this is what they can do. I mean, it's, it's really shocking to me as an American, and I'm not even a Trump supporter. Yeah, it, it's uh, anyone who looks at this with with any modicum of of just be cold hard facts. You just have to look at this and just go, what are we doing in this country? Yeah, I mean, and also when Trump got into office, if you recall, there was, we were hearing uh, lock her up, lock her up about Hillary Clinton and her myriad of legal issues. And Trump was very careful to say, you know, no, we don't want any of that. It doesn't look good. I don't think Trump was doing it because he had any kind of altruistic motive. I just think he didn't want himself or his family to be investigated. God knows because of some of the things that he's done. And there have been some crimes that he's been accused of that I think you know, there's no question that he's guilty of. But I still think that unless it's something more uh, akin to treason, you can't just start looking for these tiny, relatively small crimes and going after a guy who was present. It just makes us look so bad uh, to the world. But this is what the country's become. And it, 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 this didn't just start today. This has been going on for a while now. 
If you get the call today from uh, Trump World to defend him, uh, what would uh, what would your first hunch be of what to do? Boy, boy, that's uh, that's a tough one. You know, this is the kind of case I don't know that I would want to get involved in. Um, not because I'd have a problem representing Donald Trump. I mean, uh, I don't think uh, that's necessarily something that would keep me away. The kind of stuff that bothers me in a criminal case is when there's 8,000 lawyers that are involved and everybody's got an opinion, everybody needs to hear himself be heard, and it becomes very difficult as a defense lawyer when all you really want to do is defend the, the, the accused and uh, cobble together a coherent defense. It's not so easy when there's so many people shouting. So the first thing I would do if I was called for the case is I would insist if I'm going to be involved that there be one voice and everybody else assist. I'm not so sure that's going to be so easy in a case like this, and it makes it very frustrating. As a defense lawyer, these cases are hard enough to win as it is, although, frankly, this case, I I can't possibly imagine it's going to get to trial. I don't think that this is a case that the district attorney can win. I don't even know that it can survive a motion I think there's statute of limitations issues and all sorts of other problems. And their main witness would have to be Michael Cohn, who frankly is an incredible witness. Every day he lowers his credibility even more by giving more interviews about how much he hates Donald Trump. He's certainly got an axe to grind, and he's got no credibility as it is. And this is what Alvin Bragg is going after with Michael Cohn as his main weapon. I mean, it's inconceivable. Yeah, it just is just bizarre. I just look at this and I wanted to ask one more question here is that you were on the the team that represented El Chapo and how what kind of a crazy situation was that? Well, Chapo was actually very easy to deal with. Um, I liked him a lot, still do. We got along really well. That was a situation where there were a lot of voices and it was not easy to sort of get control of the defense. Um, it was a zoo, uh, but, you know, sometimes these trials can be really crazy. You just have to shut out the noise, focus on the work. You know, there's a real solace in doing defense work. It's a very solitary individual exercise a lot of the times because ultimately it's you with the materials and the defense lawyer is alone when he's up there cross-examining or giving the opening and the summation as I did for, for Chapo. So it became a peaceful endeavor. You just sort of have to shut out the noise. And if you can't shut out the noise, this is not the profession for you. It's not easy. But uh, I happen to have enjoyed it. I like representing him. I wish that I had gotten into the case earlier. I had been speaking to him for probably a year and a half before I finally got hired um, for the case because of difficulties in getting me retained without getting me indicted. And when I finally got in, it was just a few months before opening. I think if I had gotten in earlier, there may have been a different result. The jury, what people don't even remember, is the jury was out for seven days. Um, and they were actually hung at one point. They may have hung. I felt if I had more time and was able to do more of the cross-examinations, I think we would have had a hung jury. Jeffrey Lichtman, thanks, man. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. It's our buddy Jeffrey Lichtman, everybody. It's News Talk KZRG.